Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast presented by Horicon Bank. Banking on Business is aimed at helping entrepreneurs grow their business with practical strategies you can start using today. We are all about engaging our local business community and connecting with other small businesses to raise each other up. Hosted by yours truly, Grace Bruins, marketing officer at Horicon Bank, turned podcaster, at least for the next 20 minutes. Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast presented by Horicon Bank. Today, we are talking to my friend, Trisha Rathermel, president and CEO at Greater Oshkosh Economic Development Corporation, otherwise known as Go EDC. Mm-hmm. So you might refer to it that way. <laughs> and I have to say, you do not have an easy job, Trisha, because when it comes to challenges facing local business owners, especially your workforce challenges around transportation, childcare, housing, recruitment, we've got a lot to talk about today. Yes, there's a lot going on. There's a lot. That's a heavy welcome for you, but welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Let's let our listeners get to know you a little bit better with a rapid fire intro to the expert. All right. Sounds good. This is our rapid fire intro to the expert. I fire off the questions and you answer as quickly as you can. Are you ready to play? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Trisha, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Waupon, Wisconsin, actually in the rural area, Elto. So if you've had Elto cheese, that's where I'm from. <laughs> Very nice. There's a distinction in the Waupon area. Is, You're either yes. Waupon or Elto. Uh-huh. Elto cheese is important. That's right. <laughs> what was your very first job? Uh, my very first job after babysitting was working as a waitress at Helen's Kitchen, once again in Waupon, Wisconsin. The famous Helen's Kitchen, actually. What do you love about what you do with Go EDC? I love the fact that you know, especially in the last few years, I've been able to be active in trying to, you know, help our local businesses. Um, you know, there's a lot that's happening right now and a lot of people just get to read about in the news. I actually get to take action and try to be a catalyst for change, which is a lot better than just feeling worried about all the things that we're reading in our <laughs> daily headlines. So That's right. You're you're mm-hmm. ground floor. You're really a part of these decisions yeah. and, and making action happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Favorite way to spend a day in Oshkosh? That's a tough one because there's so many great things to do in Oshkosh. Some of my favorites, though, is we love to paint pottery at Fire Escape Pottery. Oh, cool. Um, Obviously, walking down by the river is a great way. And then you've always got to finish at Fifth Ward Brewery. Always. Mm -hmm, Always. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And best advice for a young business owner? Well, this is something that you and I were chatting on before. I think the best advice is to ask for help. You don't know what you don't know. And if you're not looking for and, and, and seeking the advice of experts or people who have gone through this before, you're just, you know, you're, you're maybe setting yourself up from pitfalls or just making it harder. So ask for advice, find some good consultants and let them help you. There's nothing wrong with learning those lessons on your own, but there's definitely something to be said about having a partner who can help ease that so that it's not as hard right. <laughs> to learn the lesson. Right. Maybe maybe it's smoothed out a little bit for it, you. It's one of those like learn from other people's mistakes, yes. right? So people have made these mistakes or they've seen other ones. So learn from their mistakes so you don't have to make them in your own. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, before we get into our topic today, Trisha, let's talk about candy bars. We're coming up on Easter. Okay. Do you have a favorite Easter candy bar? Or candy, Ooh. I should say. Oh, man, you got tough questions for me. I know. Here. This yeah. is serious podcasting <laughs> we're doing today. It is. I had a lot of self-reflection right now. So <laughs> um, I think my favorite candy would probably be jelly beans around Easter time. Okay, that's mm-hmm. fair. Do you have a specific yeah. kind or just like any kind of jelly beans? I mean, the Starburst All Reds okay. are always a go-to. Okay. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. the sweetheart jelly yeah. beans. A little oh, bit yeah. Of, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> 
So we're going to talk about candy and one of our favorite shared topics, which is marketing. Mm -hmm. So product placement is pretty commonplace today, but early on, product placement was actually a revolutionary approach to marketing, and it all started with a candy bar. In 1923, the Curtis Candy Company invented the Butterfinger. So however, in 1929, our country entered the Great Depression, and candy wasn't exactly on the top of everyone's grocery list anymore. So facing the collapse of his company, Butterfinger founder Otto Schnering tried a very new approach. In 1934, he convinced Hollywood producers to include his candy bar in a scene of a movie called Baby Take a Bow, featuring the one and only Shirley Temple. By tying the Butterfinger brand to America's sweetheart at the time, Butterfinger sales soared, and the candy bar is still around today. Oh, that's fascinating. Isn't that interesting? So product placement has come a long way. Obviously, we are inundated with influencer marketing today all the time. (laughs) But I would challenge business owners to consider where is your product being placed? Who is promoting it? And is that really where you want to be aligned? Is that a good partner for you in the future? Right. So there you go. There's your marketing minute. All right. So speaking of partners that you want to be closely aligned with, Trisha, let's talk about Go EDC. What have you guys been up to lately? Well, I mean, we've been around for about seven years now, so we're somewhat still a new organization, but we've got some main focuses and a lot of why we were founded and why we continue to exist is to help our existing businesses in the Oshkosh area. And so I think that turns into, you know, a couple of key things. Obviously, we want to, you know, business retention and expansion. We want to make sure the businesses that we have are able to succeed and that they can stay here in the Oshkosh area. We do have a lot of focus on entrepreneurship as well, because a lot of times new startup businesses bring fun and exciting elements into your community, right? And then the other really big part of our business that we've, you know, that we've been focusing on because it's just a, it's such an important part of everyone is the people part, right? The workforce. Yes. And that's just something right now, if any business I sit down and I talk to and I say, you know, what's your number one concern? Yeah, you know, there's inflation, there's supply chain, but the people is the number one piece that they're looking forward, not just today, but also, you know, the next 10 to 15 years of how that's going to impact their business. Sure. It's getting employees, retaining employees, making sure that your employees can come to work. Right. That's a big deal. And in today's day and age, it's beyond just getting people to work. It's about giving them the engagement that you need to get good work. It's about making them feel satisfied. There's a lot more expected on that front Mm -hmm. than there was probably 40, 50, 60 years ago. And so I think our employers are realizing that and they're trying really hard to figure out what they need to do uh, to make sure that they have the right people because their business doesn't run without them. So how is Go EDC helping with workforce in that way? There's a lot of different initiatives that we're working on right now. I think one of the first things that we talk about is you know, again, we look back 40, 50 years, it used to be that people came to jobs, Mm -hmm. right? And it was that if you built a factory, people are going to move to that town because the factory was built there. And that was a lot of where economic development was really focused around too, was let's put, just find a good place to build, nice flat piece of land where a factory can be built. Yep. Everything else will come, right? And now it's really switched and jobs go to people. And so the ability to attract and retain quality people is key to having business success and business growth. And so that comes into a lot of different aspects. And a lot of what we look at is that infrastructure piece, right? So people are going to want to live where they can find affordable housing. They're going to live where they have access to transportation and they have access to childcare, good schools, you know, the kind of things that you look for and where you want to set down your roots and Mm -hmm. then raise your family. And so it's really important for us that some of that infrastructure is in place for Oshkosh. And then there's that 
interesting factor, right? You want some place that has things that you like to do and places that you like to visit and that are interesting. And I think that's what's drawn some people to larger cities in the past. But now you want to take that interesting piece and compare it with that where do I want to raise a family piece and you want to have it all. <laughs> so so we're trying to put a little of everything into our community to make sure that it's, you know, it's good for all of those pieces. So you mentioned childcare, mm-hmm. which as a parent is something that I think we have faced issues with in the last couple of years, whether that's a childcare facility leaving our community, there not being enough childcare options for people out there fitting with what their job is or the hours that they work. That's a big deal. It is. And I think it would be really easy for business owners to be have this sort of attitude of like, wow, people just don't want to work these days. I've heard that before. But I think that there's this element of people can't work if their kids aren't being taken care of. Right. So how did we get to this point where childcare is such an issue in our communities? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question and something that a lot of the experts have been looking into and kind of evaluating. And I think the first thing you have to realize is this is not something that happened overnight. This has been a slow and general move forward. And um, while I've been in this industry for you know a handful of years, I talked to some of the people who've been here for decades and they say, oh yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time, <laughs> <That's interesting. laughs> which, is, which is interesting and, you know, kind of frustrating that we're like, okay, we've been looking at this for a long time. And I think that like a lot of our issues, you know, COVID did bring a little bit of a head to this, right? Kind of Mm -hmm. pushed us to an extreme in this situation, but, you know, also some of the population changes and, and, you know, what's generally happening in our workforce with retiring and there's some things that are impacting that as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the first thing you have to know. It's been a slow process to get to where we are today. But really, you know, the main issues that you're seeing with childcare, why we are here right now is it's affordability, it's availability, and then it's also just the success, the the actual profitability that comes into running a daycare center, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and those things are all becoming a harder and harder with what we've been facing with inflation and some of these other things we're talking about from a workforce standpoint, because the profitability on a child care facility is just very slim. And so it's very hard to offer some of the things that we need to offer to get to make it an attractive job for someone. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so that's just made it, you know, and over the years, this is, you know, we've expected more and, and we want more parents working, which has continued to put pressure onto this market. Mm-hmm. And it's just never been able to keep up with what the true demand is. And now as they start to face some of the issues that everyone else has, it's just really coming to, you know, this, this fruition of not just this complete, you know, underserved market right now. Yeah. A couple of years ago, you guys did a survey, you know, Oshkosh and surrounding areas. I remember taking it because I was in the middle of (laughs) trying to figure out child gear at the time. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that surprised you that came out of that survey or any, any just interesting research that you were like, huh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. And we're going to have that inform us going forward. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that we learned were that you know, I think a lot of the assumption was we're missing childcare on second shift, right? That was, you know, it was kind of more of like, let's, let's change our assumptions is what we learned more than learning something new. And so our okay. assumption was that second shift was really the only problem. And what we quickly learned was that first shift was a, a significant problem, that people were having issues finding childcare on first shift during the daytimes that childcare was open. We also learned that you think that it's just, you know, the people who are only making, you know, minimum wage or starting that we're running into issues of finding affordable childcare. And again, we found that it was really kind of across the board. Business professionals were finding that childcare was too expensive for them. I think that probably the most shocking thing was that they weren't basing, picking it based on affordability or quality. It was availability. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, you get... 
we think of it, you know, these kids are our future workforce, right? right. So right. what we're investing in these kids now is going to serve us in in 15 to 20 years. And so when I hear that parents are picking childcare based on availability only, not any other factors, you know, there is there's that concern for us of what's what that's going to look like in our future workforce. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it makes a big deal to business owners. We need to care because we can't have employees if they're staying home with their kids. Right. Right. And then Mm -hmm. if you do have to choose based only on availability, maybe your choice then is I'm going to stay home and reduce other expenses because I want to be able to care for my kids in a way that I think they need to be cared for. Right. And that's and that's a difficult decision, you know, and that's one even we talk about, you know, from a social service standpoint, like we want workforce because that's what's going to make our businesses thrive, right? Mm-hmm. They need people to do the jobs and do them effectively. But we also don't want to hinder our family growth, right? So what's that happy medium between, you know, if, if it is better for somebody to stay home with their kids, well, is that the choice that we should make? Because that's what's going to be best for everyone in the future. But we also just need people. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, we, you know, we walk that fine line of, you know, giving people what they need versus what the businesses need too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a loaded question, but what do you think the solution is? <laughs> I'm sure we can yeah. just find it right now. <laughs> yeah. This is so easy. We're going to solve it right now. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, that, and that's the thing. It's, it's not an easy solution. And I think a lot of what we're looking at doing right now is how do we maybe, how do we kind of stop the bleed? To say, you yeah. know, just to get some temporary solutions in place until we can find a bigger, a bigger answer to what this is. And, and, and it's difficult too, because I think some of the things that we can do to help can also hurt in, in the meantime. Because of course, I think, and interesting for me, not only am I looking at this from the workforce standpoint, but I mean, our childcare businesses are businesses, mm-hmm. right? So those are business owners in themselves who are also needing our support and our help. And, you know, so when we talk to them about some of the possible solutions that are out there that have been discussed, there's some of these things that could actually hurt them in their efforts. And just like an example is, you know, deregulation is one that's talked about, okay, let's have more kids per childcare worker. And our childcare workers are saying, please, no, we are already understaffed. We don't want to be understaffed and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, some of these things that might seem like easy solutions become actually detrimental. And the same thing comes forward when we talk about public, if we were going to do all 3K, 4K as a public service, as a public school service, well, those are actually your higher profit margins for your childcare businesses. So now you're leaving them with the smallest profit margin, which is your toddlers and your newborns. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think it is going to have to be kind of a partnership of, you know, when we look at the individual, the business, the business owner, the public, you know, the private sector, as well as the public sector coming together to try to make a long-term solution. So short-term solutions. <laughs> I think there's a lot of interesting things that are happening in the market right now and things that are being tested that will definitely help assist. Some of them that we're looking at, especially in the Oshkosh area, is creating, and we're doing this for a lot of different industries, but for childcare to create a pathway out of high school into childcare. And some of this is just getting getting people to that career faster. Mm-hmm. right? It's not a career that you need a four-year degree in. You need some training. So can we get some of this training done in a senior year of high school? So that way they're at least somewhat effective even after graduation or within a year, they can be, you know, almost a full mm-hmm. service uh, child care worker. And that also comes with, you know, let's let's take away some of that expense. We know that child care s- staff, and this comes into that, you know, that affordability piece is that 
you know, in order to keep childcare affordable, we're not compensating our childcare workers very well. Right. You know, so if we can eliminate some of that upfront cost to getting into this career, well, then that's going to be a lot easier, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you don't want to have you don't want to be taking on a a not high paying job with a lot of student debt. So trying to eliminate some of that, again, if you're doing some of this in high school, then you're not having to do this as a secondary education type piece and and racking up student debt. So trying to get more workforce into this category is, is a big piece. I think this is where we start talking about some of the others, you know, some of the other side of it of like that, where the public can step in Mm -hmm. because we talk about things like, well, what's a big, you know, we just talked about all these things that, businesses should provide to maintain staff. And one of the big ones is benefits. And that's something that's really difficult for small businesses to put into place. So trying to create a situation where we can get benefits to childcare workers or people who are in this profession. So, you know, those are a couple of the short-term things. I think the other piece of it when we talk about the private is how do the businesses want to get involved, right? Is investing in childcare worth it to them to get somebody into work every day mm-hmm. and having reliable childcare, you know, is a big part of that. So we are seeing businesses who are engaging in this. Actually, the Department of Children and Family Services are about to launch their second round of partner up funding where a business can apply for grant funding that they match to help oh. support childcare fees. And this is a part of the, it's a continuation of ARPA funding. Okay. From the state level. But it has that business component, right? The business can access public funds by committing their private funds. And the idea is that they're paying full price then for someone who might be getting otherwise a subsidized rate, which puts more funds into the the hands of the business owner. So some of those things are going to be our short-term solutions. And then long-term, it's going to be a pretty big overhaul of the industry (laughs) to make it work. (laughs) I would say so. (laughs) Especially if this is something that's been going on for a decade or more. These are deep-seated issues. Absolutely. And and I think you mentioned a little bit before, too, you know, the idea of, well, whose, whose problem is this, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the mentality of this, maybe even just five years ago, was this is a family issue, right? You decided to have kids. It's your it's your issue to now find your child care, right? That was your, yep. you took on that responsibility when you took on the responsibility of having kids. But that mind set is shifting. And I think that businesses are realizing that, you know, just, and I mean, and this goes beyond childcare into things like mental health and um, other pieces as well, that they're realizing investing in your employees in their needs can help them be a more effective employee, a more reliable employee, you know, a longer standing employee. So we've even seen some radical ideas out there, like having almost an insurance plan or a benefit plan that's built into something that the employee can pay into as well as the business pays into that then pays your health care or your child care costs, okay. just like you would like on, a, on an insurance plan. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I do think it's an interesting shift to, like you just mentioned, instead of seeing your employee as the person that I need them nine to five. And what they do here is all I really care about to this seeing your employee as a whole person. Right. And I need to support the whole person in order to get the most value out of the work that they're bringing to me. Mm-hmm. And and some of that is just, you know, it goes into supply and demand, right? When you don't have a lot of available workforce. And I mean, in, in Winnebago County and, or the Oshkosh Nina area, that's our MSA. I mean, we've been sitting at 1.9 to 2.3% unemployment for the last year. I mean, we we just do not have available workforce, right? So it's mm-hmm. a highly competitive market. And I think businesses are trying to figure out how to do more with less, but they also means that the people they have have to be high performing. Yep. So if they can invest well in those people to try to eliminate things like having to leave early because 
you know, childcare is an issue or not having childcare on a Wednesday so somebody can't come in on that day anymore, I think they realize there's so much that they get back from that when it, mm-hmm. in terms of the production out of that you know, singular employee, again, looking at them as a whole and right. not just, you know, one part of the system. Right. So how does Go EDC help to, maybe counsel's not the right word, but it just, it just help business owners understand and decide what to do next? How do you, how do you go into a business and say, okay, you've got to start looking at your employee as a whole, or maybe the business approaches you and says, what can we do to recruit and retain? (laughs) What do we do now? Where do you guys start? Well, I think the first part is just that education piece because, you know, I've sat down with a lot of different business owners and they say, well, everyone's saying that childcare is too expensive and yet staff are getting underpaid and they don't understand where that gap is, right? Like, well, if it's too expensive, then, then why isn't it, why aren't they, they think, you know, people should be raking in money. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not the case. The structure of the system and the way that we have to handle and the regulations that makes childcare quality also makes it very, you know, not profitable. So just explaining that process to them of why we have this disconnect of where we are and, and, you know, what's causing this kind of causing the issue. The same conversation you and I are having right now, just getting a general understanding of why this is, because nobody wants to support an issue that they don't understand the why. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of education piece that goes into this. And then it is looking at from them as an individual, because not every business is going to be the same. Not every business is going to deal with you know, childcare the same way. Some might deal with transportation as a larger issue. You know, some might deal with um, just a ton of other issues that can come up when you talk about um, training or, mm-hmm. um, you know, other things that workforce are impacted by. And so it is looking at that business as an individual and seeing, you know, what are the needs of your employees? What haven't you been thinking? Can we do kind of a market analysis to compare you from, you know, if you're really struggling to hire, you know, what, what are the gaps? You know, let's figure out, is it is it wages? Is it benefits? Is it something else that makes you, you know, not the most attractive employer? Or mm-hmm. is it just that retention piece, right? How do we retain people and what's important to you? You know, why? Asking the question for, you know, why of people are not coming or not staying. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And recruitment is a big initiative, mm-hmm. I'm sure, for Go EDC for a lot of um, <laughs> local economic development corporations and for businesses. So what initiatives are you guys working on for recruitment right now? Well, in our mind, you can't recruit people until you have the infrastructure in place, right? So as much as I would love to throw some major advertisements out there and do recruitment, you know, grants to get people to move to our area, mm-hmm. I can't have people move here and then still not have childcare or not have housing, appropriate housing. So we are really looking hard at the infrastructure in our community that we need to grow our population. And I think I mentioned a lot of the top three there is childcare, housing, and transportation. Because if those things aren't in place and you recruit someone to come and live in your area, not having access to those people could actually create joblessness. Because if they don't have the ability to get to work or have their child, well, now we have someone who lives in our area but doesn't have a job. Right. And so we want to make sure that we have some of those pieces adequately in place to then recruit people into our community and serve them as a as a workforce. And so those are the things that we're working on right now. And then, you know, long term, how we actually start to recruit people into the area. And that and that goes into retention as well. You mm-hmm. know, how do our we have a really great funnel into our community from UW Ashkosh. So how are we connecting those students with opportunities to stay in our community and live and work in our community. So as a business owner, what kind of resources do you provide for them? Or they come to you and say, hey, I need help with this. What can they expect to get from Go EDC? Again, it's all customizable to what their issue is. You know, some of the, in the 
past, some of the main things that we always said we would help with was finding the place, finding the money, finding the process, right? So if you need a, you know, if you need a site, we can help you find the site. If you need the capital, we can connect you with our banking partners or other programs. I know a few. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then also, you know, that part of like, we can help you through that process. And I think now it's coming into a little bit more of this, let's evaluate, you know, let us be that outside force that comes in and asks some of those questions and maybe brings up some of those hard topics um, with ownership that, uh, especially since we have a lot of family owned businesses in our, in our community. Sure. And in those family owned businesses, you know, they're, they're, they're amazing because they usually have a level of care that's different from more publicly owned, but sometimes they can also be a little bit more set in their ways. Right. So having that mm-hmm. conversation and having somebody who's willing to say, well, have you guys thought about this or have you looked at doing something a different way? So having that, you know, so kind of being that outside voice that can come in and, yeah. and talk to somebody when they say, well, and, and, you know, a big one I get is people say, well, I want to hire immigrants or I want to hire veterans. And then we ask the question, well, what have you done to prepare to have that type of employee in your in your place? Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're not your typical employee that you're hiring. And you do have to maybe make some changes or think differently about how you do things. So, you know, helping them to be successful in those areas by getting the right mentality in place. Even. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's it's a valuable outside voice that gives you that perspective mm-hmm. and some objectivity, yep. maybe in areas yep. where you feel a little more emotional, <laughs> which I could understand. Uh-huh. Uh, but you guys are definitely doing it in a way that shows caring for your community, shows that you want Oshkosh and local areas to thrive. And I kind of think that there's more economic development corporations doing the same thing just across the state. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there is, everyone's trying to be more engaged and, and, and there's a race here, right? There's, we, we talk about a lot, there's going to be winners and there's, there's going to be losers in this situation mm-hmm. because when you have a, you know, a demand crunch and especially when you have a demand crunch for people, it's going to be who puts in the time and the effort. And I think that's where we think about a lot of, okay, what do we need to be doing to make sure that we remain a competitive environment? Because like I said, the jobs are going to go to the people. So if another community is doing something better than we are, we'll lose that development to a different area. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we, and, and fortunately, from the way that, you know, Wisconsin works with the way that a lot of our communities work, we still work hand in hand. We're not trying to compete with one another. That can happen naturally because people can drive 30 to 40 miles sure. to get to a work, you know, to live one place, work another place. But we're looking at, you know, kind of more of, you know, a wider scope of how are we even as a, as a region or a state remaining competitive in a market, um, where, you know, we're going to see some, we're going to see some growth in the next few years. So where is that going to happen? You know, what, we already have some of the infrastructure in terms of just available land and available energy, some of those pieces. Well, now we just need to make sure we have the people to match that. Mm-hmm. Well, Trisha, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. For the most exciting part of our podcast, <laughs> which is our inspirational animal fact. And so you may know, I'm sure you do, Horcom Bank is the natural choice for banking. It's not just a tagline, it's a commitment to being environmentally friendly and supporting environmental causes. So in that spirit, I'm going to give you an interesting animal fact, and I'd like you to turn it into a piece of inspirational advice for business owners. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I picked this one just for you. <laughs> All right. You're going to be so excited. So some experts argue that penguins are, in fact... The most streamlined animals in the world. First of all, their body is tapered at both ends so that they can swim really fast. And their tuxedo look is actually a clever camouflage when swimming. So from above, their black backs blend in with the darkness of the ocean. But from below, their white bellies actually blend in with the white surface of the water. Hmm. 
Interesting. Did you know that? I didn't actually. That's <gasps> a new so fact for me. <laughs> I'm so glad I could yes. share that with you. <laughs> yeah, and um, for those listening, penguins are my favorite animal, and I guess that's pretty wide known. <laughs> So, okay, so now I need to turn that into inspirational advice. Inspirational advice, advice. yes. Um, Well, and I think, you know, we talk about streamline is a lot of how we are successful with what we're just talking about right now. And there's pieces where, you know, you might think doesn't make, you know, or you think it's just nominal for a business, right? So, so some of these streamlined things that we, we might not see that actually are really important to the way that we function as a business. So I think there is, you know, taking that and and making that an integral part of, you know, that's the way the penguin is designed, Mm -hmm. right? They're color coded in a way to make them streamlined and to protect themselves in the same way a business can look at their just general, their culture, you know, their, their overall process, the things that might actually be detrimental to them that are imperative to be successful. Wow. <laughs> I'm really impressed with that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I know my penguins. So. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. But it's true. It's mm-hmm. true. I mean, you know, you think about, okay, penguins are cute and they waddle and my kids love to act like them because they're so fun. Um, but there's there's so much more to why they look the way they look and why they're shaped the way that they are. And um, you can use those strengths too. They're different right. than everybody else. And you're built that way for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So before we end the show, Trisha, I'd like to wrap up with actionable advice for our listeners. So outside of what you just provided from a very interesting inspirational animal fact, (laughs) is there any advice you would want to give business owners that they can put into action today? Yeah, I mean, I think especially when we talk about this workforce piece, being creative is is imperative at this at this you know juncture. And saying you know well, we've always done it this way is just it shouldn't be in your vocabulary anymore. So you've got to take that out of your vocabulary and think of how can I creatively meet the needs of my people so that way they can't go somewhere else. And that's what's going to make you an employer of choice. That's great advice. Thank you for coming on the show today, Trisha. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. To stay in the loop on all things banking on business related, visit horiconbank.com slash banking on business and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.